Hello, welcome to our Creativity in Focus podcast. I'm Jody McCraney Rushaw. I'm coming to you from the Curious Mondo Studios, and I am here today with Jody McDougal. So you have the dueling Jodies. It's going to get a little confusing <laughs> there sometimes, but I think we'll figure it out. Um, so we would really love if you shared this with all of your friends right now, um, and particularly glass friends, fiber friends, button-making friends, and of course, hat aficionados and all of this kind of thing too. But also, we will be talking about you know just what it takes to be an artist and how different artists do things. And so if you know any artists that are interested in learning new tricks and tips and skills, share with them too. Again, it's the Creativity in Focus podcast. Are you ready? I'm ready. Thanks okay. for having me. I'm happy Tell to be here. Tell us your name and a little bit about you. My name's Jody McDougall. Um, I'm a glass artist, uh, specifically in an art form called Marini or Millefiori. That's kind of my specialty. And I make buttons for a living. Um, and then I do hats. Hats are kind of my hobby business, the, you know, Glass is my passion and okay. fiber is my fun. And uh, I do do this for a living. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot it's of a fun. different life. You <laughs> notice that she doesn't say it's a lot of work, but it actually is a lot of work. And, and Jody is one of the most prolific people I know. So before I ask you any specific questions, share. Make sure you share. Did you share? Go share. Now, share. Okay. Share. Tell me. This is really exciting for me because we are in the same place mm -hmm. at the same time, for mm -hmm. and we're being forced to stay here for an extended period. <laughs> we have never gotten to sit down and visit. No, we're both uninterrupted yeah. like this for a quite a long time, if ever. Yeah. So I have all these questions that I can't wait to ask you. Um, Wonderful. So my first question is: I don't know when you started doing glass. How long have you been doing glass? Oh, and I, did you start with lamp work? No, I actually started with glass, um, with stained glass. So when, when I was younger, um, I was a self-employed single mom, <clears throat> and uh, I realized um, if I wanted anything nice for myself, I would have to make it. And so I started doing stained glass because I loved Tiffany lamps. Oh. And back then it was mega expensive. It was before the whole rush of being able to get a lower priced item came into the country. And um, so I took a class and um, then I made a koi fish Tiffany lamp and I wanted interesting eyeballs for that koi fish lamp. And uh, my friend said, why don't you melt the glass? And I was like, you can melt glass, seriously? <laughs> you know, so it was kind of like this weird moment for me. And, and uh, so I bought a torch, a little torch, and turned it on, and that was it. Um, I don't know who raised my son after that. <laughs> um, I was just kind of lost in my basement melting glass, and uh, that started me down this whole rabbit hole of becoming an artist. I didn't really set out to be an artist. I haven't been trained to be an artist. Um, oh, well, at this point, I've trained myself really, really good. So. <laughs> really <laughs> thoroughly. I've really thoroughly trained myself. So um, yeah, so I just started melting glass. And eventually, it led to this uh, passion for making glass buttons. So, did you finish the lamp? I did finish the lamp. Good job. I should have brought it. <laughs> um, so, you started out making beads. Right. Right, and you made yes. beads for a very long time. I have some yes. beads um, of Jody's. I know, right? I have a <laughs> lizard amazing. bead. I have a lizard bead and some of the large hole beads with uh, silver lining in them. Wonderful. So, you started out with the tiny torch making beads. Yes, I made glass beads for a very, very long time. Um, I mainly, I think I made beads because that's what I originally found a class in. Um, okay. Uh, it was really hard to find an instructor here in Utah to be able to um, get started in that craft. So books and the torch <laughs> were what I did for a very long time. Trial and error. Making lots of glass 
be or beads because those were the books I could find. And uh, then I found a class on making glass beads. I made beads and then started selling beads because I had so many beads. Uh, that was my next question. <laughs> and, <laughs> when uh, did you become overwhelmed with beads and decide to start selling those? Very early on because I was not a jewelry maker. Right. So, I, yeah, I started making, uh, yeah, so then I had to start selling beads because I wanted to pay for my glass and I needed more, you know, it just became this vicious cycle within itself. And then itself. at what point did you quit your day job? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I was a massage therapist and uh, technically I still massage one day a week. Okay. So um, there is some overlap. Now, let me ask you this, though, because I'm curious. Um, has the massage therapy then flipped and become your escape from your job? Or is it just what you do? Is it just a different part of your job? You know, actually, the, the massage therapy is an escape for me. So yeah, it, it so that one day a week, I have right. to stop. And, and there are two women that I adore that I still massage. Right. And... Uh, yeah, I stop one day a week and go and massage them. And it's like <laughs> meditating. It's right? a lot of fun. And it, it changes it. I'm guessing you can tell me, but I suspect it completely changes your um, thought process. And so when you're massaging, do you think about glass? Do you solve glass problems while you're doing it? Or are you, no, I try no? not to. I try to okay. just step out because uh, the wonderful thing about massaging is is that's a time period where I don't have to be me, and I don't have to think about me, uh, and I don't okay. have to, you know, I, I dissociate myself from the world, and, and I am just there for that person, and it's about their needs. Awesome. So I don't have okay. to be obsessive about glass. Let's That's be obsessive the rest about of the glass. Time. Let's be obsessive about <laughs> <Okay>. glass. <laughs> That's easy. Okay. So do you have some beads for us to see? Um, I have no beads. Not I have in the tiny ones on your Oh, yeah, necklace? I guess I do okay. have tiny ones. Sorry, I did start making beads again. That's a whole nother story. So, um, <laughs> Well, we can't wait to hear it. So, yeah, so these are okay. some beads. So here are some examples of beads and that Jody makes. You can see the small one, and actually the and focal one in the... I'm just showing them. I'm just showing them the small beads right All now. All right, fine. See these small see beads? See how demanding she is? I know. I'm, I am bossy. Everyone Small who watches beads. frequently already knows and that. It's technically not the one that your hand is holding is uh -huh. a bead as well. Okay. So, all right. We'll talk about your fancy bead. The okay. fancy bead. So, let's look at this. This is the fancy focal bead here. There we go. Tell me about this. All right. So, that is, um, that is a poppy bead. Okay. Um, and it looks like it's layers. Yeah, it's if got a lot it, of different layers to it. Lots of different layers. It's okay. got layers of glass, layers of uh, sterling silver. It's got... Oh, um, is that the, the shiny or part? Actually, that's not sterling silver. It's fine silver. Okay. Uh, and so. the difference between sterling silver and fine silver is that fine silver is like 99.9% pure? Yeah, 99.9%. And then... I don't remember all the numbers. Yes, but it's very close to completely pure. And right. sterling is 0.925% pure. Right. Okay. And it has a lot more of like the coppers and things to it, which will tarnish, whereas fine silver doesn't tarnish quite as quickly either. Okay. But so, and tell me why you use fine silver in the glass. Is it the tarnishing or is, is it heat or is it flexibility or uh, is it just better? It just, it's better. Okay. It goes into the glass better. It's uh, sterling has a lot of colorants in it that will okay. contaminate the glass. And I don't want, you know, I want to have a pretty controlled environment. And I don't want to add something that I think is going to possibly react to chemicals that are in the glass that will color it in different ways. So I've always right. just used fine silver. It, it, it uh, works best. Okay, so... Tell me about the process of, because this is a Marini, right? Mm -hmm. Did I say that right? Yep. Okay. And tell me where that word comes from. Is, is that so comes from Italian? It's a, and it's an Italian word. Okay. Um, there's a Marini. Most people know it as Millifiori. Okay. Which um, is? Which is Million Flowers. Right. And, uh, 
<laughs> Suddenly, it becomes a vocabulary lesson. <laughs> it does. It does. And and they keep changing the word here in America. But ah. Marini, um, if it's lots of different Marini or lots of different pieces, it's a Marini. And if it's a singular piece, it's a Marina, actually, okay. which we totally drop in this country. Right. Um, it's a pretty small field of people that make them it anyway, is. so it's not a huge crowd that's dropping this right. word. It's no, not, it's, it's not, you know. So tell me, how, how would you make this poppy beat? How did you make this poppy beat? So the poppies, um, so and what I do to so you, you make can show a marini. Us on, you know what, you can show us with the one that you have here. Do you want to show me a, a finished one? Yeah, why don't I guy, show you, this, adorable this guy. is, you can show that. Why don't you show me one of those that's all the way finished, and then we'll. Of the button? Yeah. All right. Sure. Okay, so we're going to talk about how this guy was made right here. So that's the sheep. He's my he latest piece of work. So a Marini. It's very cute. Thank you. <laughs> he was a lot of fun. Okay, but, so how would this, how did you make this guy? So in order to make a Marini, I have my flame and I layer the glass horizontally and I create a log that when you slice it, you see a picture. So um, what I'll do is do I'll make- Do you see how she said that in like, it just takes a minute. It does. <laughs> it doesn't. How long does it take? Uh, uh, image in glass takes me a week to three and a half months to create. It okay. depends on the complexity of the image. Um, so what I'll do is I'll make like an eyeball one day. <laughs> Let me show and the eyeball. I'll do okay. a nose another day. Ooh, here's this an eyeball. Is, Whoa. Here's his nose. With some eyelashes right there. Okay, let's see a nose. And, you know, and Beverly Lynn says, I love listening to how people become artists without formal training. Me too, because I'm one of them, but I'm not nearly this talented. Oh, come this on. Is, this is just... <laughs> I've seen her work. She is. Insane levels of talent. I'm, like, really not very talented at this part. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a nose. And I'm still okay. learning. So, so there's still a lot I learn. We, so you build each piece at a time. So we looked each. at a nose and we looked at an eye. An eye. And look how big those things are compared to, okay, just, I'm going to, bear with me a second. Yeah, now. you're I'm fine. I'm going to show them. So here's the, the final image right here. And this is the eye that ends up pulled down to that, it's that eye. It's that little eye right there. That's this guy. And how I, crazy I is that? I put in a lot of detail that... Right, because you, you made you, it's so people big. don't necessarily aren't necessarily going to see, but mm. um, that's one of the dances I've had to learn is, you know, how much how much information do I put in this piece that's going to be translated when I pull it down to a teeny tiny like here's <laughs> here's the uh, when I pull it down. So I'll get the piece super molten and I'll pull it down smaller and smaller and right. smaller. So I have different sizes to work with. And you can see that's the poppies that were the same poppies that was were in the necklace, right? But just pulled smaller. So it's almost like you it's like like a microscope where you focus down into the the design <clears throat> into the design, design more and more. Um, so after you make the individual components like the nose and mm -hmm. the eye, and then what do you do with them? So once I've made all of the little puzzle pieces, um, I put them into my kiln. Okay. And I'll bring them up to a temperature, and then I will assemble them one by one, layering them together while they're hot. Um, while they're hot, and it's a dance of. I bet that's exciting. It's you know, is this molten? Is this too molten? Is it not? You know, you don't want it. You got to keep the temperatures just right because you don't want to get a droopy eye. Right, you and have you had, that was something you had to learn, that whole timing thing. That, that right? timing and that and learning um, did you have some glass breathing and stuff. I had to really learn that. They were a little meltier than you expected? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and what did yes, you do I with did. those? Do you scrap those or, or can you save them? I used to scrap those, but now I look at them differently and use okay. them. And how do you so. look at them differently? Do you reconsider your vision or make it like how do, how does that work well give me an example a good example give, and yeah, i actually me, have one example. on the table so okay. this is the queen if you want to show them the queen the queen 
the queen, I or the Italians call her La Donna. To be the queen. The queen. So you can Ooh. see that the queen is kind of offset, and mm -hmm. the piece that I am wearing, mm -hmm. which looks closer to that, that okay. is the finished queen. Okay, so here we have two queens. So you can see there's both queens. Starting to be so like a game of cards in here. What okay. I did was, you can see that that piece of the queen is kind of offset. Uh-huh. Well, in order to Ooh. use the uh, Marini or the cane in my work, I have to take a rock saw and I have to slice it and then I have to polish okay. it. Well, I sliced the queen and half of her head <laughs> fell off. Oh, no. <laughs> and off with her head. You know, that's money. <laughs> that's food right there. Well, that's three so weeks worth of work. That is yeah, yeah. Three, actually, the queen was a two and a half month project. Yeah, that's so. There's so that no was a lot of work that, that can... I don't want to lose. Right. So I've learned to look at things. So, you know, it, it sat on the bench for a while, and I was like, okay, what am I going to do with this? What am I going to do with this? And then finally, I was like, wait a minute, I can set it offset, and I still like her. I think she still works. Right. So it's still, although it's not your complete original vision, it's still has the spirit of the Yeah, it has vision. the spirit, it okay. has the elements, and, and it's not wasted material for the landfill. You know, right. it's a pretty button still. It is, a, it's a beautiful button. So, yeah. It is, so let's show Thank us the, the rest of these pieces. So after you assemble the the whole picture out of all of your melted puzzle piece pieces, right? then what do we have? So we end up with a piece, so I've assembled all the pieces. And I've, about how big is that piece once you've assembled it? That like, is one it, was about, about football okay. shape, about well, a little like a Nerf, a small mini Nerf football. Okay, so two inches long. Oh, oh, that. interesting. Yeah, I always so work it's a two inches. short. Okay, so it's yeah. just more like more, not even. So this whole time I'm picturing a rod, right? But it's a really big, long not. Thing. It's no, more like it's a more loaf. like a, a like little. A, okay. So that doubled. So it's about that okay. long. And that's, and why that's two pretty inches? manageable. Um, because the pedals I work with are two inches and also because it's a manageable it's a manageable size and it's not so small that when I pull it it's gonna distort really easy. Okay. If I uh, at two inches, if I do more than two inches, mm -hmm. it's gonna get a little more out of control. Okay. And, uh, and then if this, I do less it won't how did pull. you arrive at two inches? Um, teachers, wonderful teachers. Okay. Yeah. So this is a, this here, yeah. this is an industry tip right here. Right? Remember <laughs> we promised? A, oh, sorry. No, that's, that's okay. okay. I'm not sure a no one's watching Nobody or sharing heard it. <laughs> or anything like that. So, so this, here you go. This is a, a pro, yeah. pro tip right here. Two pro inches. Tip right there. Two inches. So then you have your football, right? I just, I, well, seriously, it's more of a log, but, but I'm seriously yeah. having a hard time wrapping my head around so this. So I have okay, this so log, and, and the image goes all the way through it, and how, I'll, how do, okay, sorry, I have to go good. back to this, because <laughs> I just, I can't, like, wrap my head around this. So you take all these individual components, like, like this eyeball, uh -huh. and you get it melted, how, how do you pick it up? Um, well, it's on another it's on rod a of rod. glass. Okay, so yeah. it's on like so I've a got punty it on like a punty okay. or another rod of glass. Okay, okay, that's making more sense. And then you lay it together on what is this? Are you holding this whole thing up in the air? Uh, yep, it's pretty much okay. resting on a really skinny rod of glass. Oh, oh. yeah. So it's okay. there's a balance, and you have to you know you have to be kind of strong to do this work because. You know, I'll hear people be like, oh, man, I was at the torch for like five hours. And it's like, yeah, you might be at the torch for eight hours. Right. And balancing. And so, you know, you've got to have yoga and, and a good massage therapist. Massage. <laughs> 20 years of massage can do it. <laughs> so Debbie says, I think it would be wonderful to have a class with Jody McDougall one day. Debbie. It is wonderful. I've taken a class with Jody <laughs> McDougall, and it was fantastic. So we're working on her. She's holding out so far. We are totally working on her. Okay, so now you have, so what, as you add the one element in, and mm -hmm. it's at the end of its own rod of glass, does that rod then come off, or does it just It's not. Out? I have, um, it... I have hemostats that I'll okay. go into the kiln with and oh, grab and okay. layer it that way. Okay. And you have to do it very, ooh, I've got 
I'm going to cut myself. <laughs> oh, we have glasses. We're used to <laughs> that around here. I've got glass all over the place. How did that happen? Um, so what I have to do is I grab it with a Marini hemostat, and then I'll lay it on, but I have to do it very quickly. Because the second I grab that piece out of the kiln, it's starting to cool. Right. And if I don't keep the heat in it, it'll explode. So the piece that you're building on that you have in the air, is that in the torch? Yes. Okay, so you're, you're keeping that guy hot in the torch yes. um, while you add the next piece on there. Yes. Don't you think she should have brought all this stuff to show us? <laughs> that would have been like so cool, right? <laughs> Just bust it out. Yeah. Okay, so then I'm, I'm okay, I can wrap my head around it now. So all now right. we have a football shaped piece of glass that's two inches tall and about this big around. Mm -hmm. And then what? So then I've got this. And this is, well, and this is not, the clear piece that's hold, that is holding it onto the yeah, end, right? So what I do Similar. is I've got the, the rod up here, and it's, it's holding onto the, the log piece. It's not football shape yet. Okay. So then I'll add some pieces of clear glass onto each end. Okay. And add another rod of glass to that end. So that way okay. I have a handle that I can Got it. Okay. Use. <laughs> And I have to keep it hot the whole time because okay. it's going to want to explode. So you got to keep the heat there. Got to keep it melting. And I'm reconsidering my uh, career as a lamp worker. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fire. She just says like it's no big thing, right? Okay. Okay. So you have a thing and it's not exploding. Not and exploding. Now it's a ball of design with a clear piece on either end. Yep. Okay. And then what? And then I'm getting it. So then I have to get it molten but not too molten because if i get it too molten then i'm going to get the droopy eye okay and you know okay you can probably still sell it with a droopy eye you just have to rename it tip number one on okay becoming yeah. an artist <laughs> if it's not perfect learn how to rename right. things learn how to re revision revision it, it. revision it and and we, we have talked about that before and uh, okay, so then, then what? Okay, now it's, you're getting so it molten hot, but not too got molten. Got it molten hot, not okay. too molten, and then I, I pull it out slowly, and okay. that makes it smaller and smaller and smaller. Okay. But, um, so I've, I've worked really hard for like, gosh, I spent just months and months and months in my studio learning to just pull even. Because, you know, when I'm making a button, um, I want to be able to control the sizes that the buttons are going to be. Okay, I want to show them, if I can here, the, um, this is the same cane, and mm -hmm. it's called a cane at this point, right? It's called a cane right okay. there. Yep. So right here it's a cane, and this is the same cane, um, but, oh, okay, uh, sorry, this is... There you go. I'm really bad at you this got it. thing <laughs> so far. But, so here it's the same cane, but it's been pulled smaller. Yes. So now, once you pull it, do you then what? Once I pull it, then that's when I slice it with a rock saw. Okay. And polish it with a flat lap lapidary okay. equipment. Okay. And um, which feels like this little bit here has been polished. It's yeah. Very smooth. Well, actually, that hasn't. So. Oh. Okay. Yeah. It's a nice saw. It's, yeah, good saw blades. Yeah. <laughs> good saw blades. Good saw blades. Um, so once I slice it, then I polish it. Okay. And then I put it back into the kiln. Okay. Because I have to bring it back up to temperature so it doesn't explode when I go to use it. Okay, so you're annealing it. Uh, no. 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 So once I've sliced it, I've got this little <laughs> bit right I'm here. Are you guys learning a lot? Because I am learning okay. like vast so amounts. I've okay. done this little slice here, right? Okay. And I, and I want to take that slice and I want to turn it into a button or okay. a bead or, or whatever or whatever. Okay. So I can't just go right into my flame because if I go right into okay. my flame, it's going to got it. Okay. Pop. Yes. Explode. All right. Thank so you for explaining that. I understand now. It goes into my kiln. And then I take my hemostats and I grab it out. And when I'm ready, I put it back in the flame and reuse it. Okay. So then I have the chance of losing it all over again. <laughs> this girl. It's I tell crazy you. work, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> that is crazy work. Yeah. Okay. So 
I find this to be just fascinating. Um, <laughs> tell me, at what point in this whole process did you switch from beads to buttons, and why? Ah, so beads to buttons. So I, I sold beads for a very, very, very long time. Um, and then I started playing with fiber a little bit. Oh, oh. Yeah, see, I didn't see. know the fiber and the buttons. Yeah, sort of, the okay. fiber and the buttons kind of were together. Yeah, they came together. So um, I started playing with fiber. Um, I made a felted bag. I was, I've always loved felt. So I made a felted bag. And <laughs> I needed a button for the felted bag. And once I made that button, I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> Why did nobody tell me about buttons? Because they are amazing. And I if just only, I fell in If love. only there were buttons on my clothing or something. And cool that I buttons, <laughs> you know? you got to have cool buttons on your clothes. So then, um, yeah, so I realized that I really didn't like making beads because I didn't really know what to do with them. And uh, that's, oh, that's a very interesting so realization. I stopped making, I did beads and buttons half and mm -hmm. half there for a while. Okay. And uh, yeah, just. That is a really, I like that. I like that. Um, I like that examination of what you were making and, and understanding what it does or it doesn't satisfy in you as an artist right. and changing how what you make to because ultimately that's what this is about is making right. things that satisfy this inner need to be an artist and so this is I love that yeah I love that you you realize that and just quit yep. making them it was a which slow is huge transition but right? it was and that's big just to, to just quit making the thing that you've been living on yeah for all that time it, it was a little well and then also going who's going to want to buy these Right, really expensive buttons because. Do you can I can I tell them how much? Of course, your buttons are of okay. Course. So here we have this this button here, this guy, this sheet button, and I'm going to show you the back here. Can I take it off the thing? Of course. Okay. If you can Whoa. pull it off, I'm going to break the set first. She's okay. Getting crazy on us. So um, actually, I'll show you the back. So. Uh, Jody cards these. She makes these little cards, um, and she pokes the button through, and it's got this little thing. What is See that if called? I can, uh, a cotter a pin. A cotter pin, little cotter pin on the back there. So there. this button. This one came off easy. Okay. Oh, good. Let's show them the back of that one. Okay. So there's the. Whoa! Look at me all over the place. Up, there up. it is. <laughs> okay. And it's got a little little round white thing on the back. Tell me about that. Um, well, if you can see it, those are my initials, J.M. For a They're long time, my initials I did too. <gasps> you should do glass, <gasps> right? <gasps> oh my gosh, what an idea. Okay, so let's look at this one. So here's this larger one right here. Oh, I'm getting better yep. at it. So this guy is, what, an inch and a quarter? Inch and a half, I inch think. Inch and a half. He's an inch and a half, yeah. Okay, and he retails for $70. Yeah. Right, so this is, this is a luxury good right here. This is, right. This is the, the button equivalent of fine jewelry. Yes. And, and uh, tell me, I'll give you this guy back. Okay. Um, so, t so what did you do? I mean, you have this, this idea, and who is going to buy these buttons? So what did you do? Well, um, at that point, I had to um, kind of decide where I wanted to go with my art and my business. Okay. Because um, uh, I was just starting to become known in the glass world. Okay. And... All of a sudden, I didn't really fit in the glass world because people kind of knew beads. Okay. And kind of knew what to do with beads. Okay. And there was, you know, already these, these like places set up where you could sell beads and do beads. And, okay. And so stuff. at the time, you were doing a lot of bead oriented shows sales and venues yeah. and shows and things like that okay yeah and obviously there's not a lot of buttons going on at those shows yeah not a lot of buttons lot people of buttons. would okay. be like you know um, what do you do with a button and i'm like <laughs> you sew it on stuff 
And um, I actually had a guy ask me that at a show. He was like, what do you do with a button? And I was like, well, you sew it on something. And he goes, oh, well, I'm, not, I'm not really a button guy. And I'm like, Velcro and zippers then? I don't know. Right. It just didn't make sense to me. Right. So, um, it's because people, okay, so they, people have this firm idea of what your of product what is. What a button it's, does. Right. Yeah. And then to have like this... You know, my buttons start at 15 and they go up to, I think my most expensive button has been 160. Okay. Um, but yeah, so, you know, these expensive buttons, they didn't know what to do with, and I had to learn to market myself based on my passion now. Okay. And so I started looking <laughs> at who's going to use this, and I discovered. Uh, Fiber festivals, okay, and knitting shows. Um, women who are out there who are knitting, spinning, weaving. I'm a spinner. That's another one of my hobbies. So okay. I make my own yarn. I have yarn and buttons. I don't knit, <laughs> but you felt. But I felt. Okay. Yeah. So can I go back just one second because uh -huh. I think you said something that I think was very important, um, and I would like to expand on that a little bit. Sure. And it was uh, where you were talking about you had to really think about how where you wanted to position yourself with the buttons. And what I think mm -hmm. that you were saying here is um, that you this is where you had to make the choice of were you going to go all in and make expensive buttons or were you going to choose? A, so I guess the, the routes that we are looking at is volume versus uh, quality. Ah. And is that yes. a decision that you consciously made before you, or, or did that just evolve that way? Um, it kind of evolved that way because um, Marini was my first passion. Okay. So making the picture in glass is actually what I love to do the most. Okay. This is what I make to make a living. Right. And now remember, each one of those rods, those pictures that she makes is, is only two inches of picture. And that is a finite number. So you have automatically built in scarcity into right. your, your um, design here. Mm -hmm. So um, Kathy Watt says, I love Jody's buttons. Oh, thanks, we Kathy. love Kathy too. <laughs> okay, so um, let's talk, if we can, uh, fiber festivals. Fiber festivals, right. uh, yarn stores, or not yarn stores, fiber festivals, uh, knitting conventions. Um, you've got women who weave, knit, spin. They spend thousands upon thousands of hours on their projects. Right. And they understand that, hey, I don't want to just get a silly button from Joanne's. No offense, not that there's anything wrong with Joanne's buttons. They're Joanne, awesome. They Joanne have their makes place. nice buttons. <laughs> <laughs> but they want to kind of finish it off right. right. And, um, you know, buttons were originally not functional. They were ornamental. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't until like the Victorian time period that things started becoming more functionals with buttons. So I kind of went with that in my mind and my marketing as far as, look, you've just spent thousands of hours making this thing. Why wouldn't you finish it off? Finish it off right. And you know, there aren't women who put six or seven seventy dollar buttons down their their sweaters. They'll do one statement button and then matching buttons going down. So it's it is actually jewelry, but they wear it on their clothes instead of on right. which is funny because you said you weren't a jewelry maker, which you are, but I am now. But you, make, <laughs> you make jewelry for clothes instead of jewelry for people, although you do yeah. have some. And some. actually, so I have um, I have a Jody McDougal pendant as well. <laughs> um, and thank you, by the way. You're, oh, of course. Mac Brown says you two are adorable, not as adorable as you, yeah, Mac. I <laughs> love you too, Mac. <laughs> okay. So here, this is my Jody McDougal pendant. It's um, an, a yellow tabby cat, an orange tabby cat. And if you know me, you know I'm a cat lady. Crazy cats cat are lady. awesome. So how were the buttons received at the Fiber Festivals? The cat buttons are a whole nother thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How long have we got? Four hours? Focus. Awesome. Focus. <laughs> okay, what was the question? Okay, so how were your buttons received at Fiber Festivals? Um, I have to do a lot of education. 
a okay. lot of education this, because it still scares them. Right. And this, I want to say that again. I have to do a lot of. I have to do a lot of education. Okay. It's not always about marketing. A lot of times you have to help people understand your art, right? So this is an extension. This is not, this is, it all rolls up into marketing, but this is an extension of your artist statement. So it goes above yeah. and beyond why you love to make it, but then why they will love to have it. Yeah. Right? Why they should, you know, I like to say wear your art. That's become kind of a tagline for me. Nice. Um, and yeah, it's a. Uh, Does it feel a little bit when you see someone, uh, uh, one of these beautiful handmade fiber pieces with your button on it? Does it feel like somewhat of a collaborative effort, even yeah, though it came it together awesome. at the end? <laughs> it feels really good, actually. Uh, a lot of people will give me grief because they're like, oh my gosh, you make Marini, which is this intensive process, and you know, the slices are collected, and this is collected, and you should be. And I love it when somebody sews it on a sweater. I do. I love it when it's put on a bag and they're out there enjoying it. And, you know, they, it's that, um, I, I have one of my other taglines, Worlds in Miniature, a passion for Marini, is I love those small things that kind of take us out of our world and take us into another world, which I think is what art does. Okay. And um, for me, it's kind of fun to make this, yeah, it's, it's this wonderful whatever art piece, but it's also this little breath of fresh air that is so small and simple that you can hide on a hat or on a pair of gloves or and, on a, and that makes know, me happy. Still That's, know that you have this masterpiece. Yeah, that feeds me more, I think, than anything. Yeah. So that being said, however, I understand that there are people who just collect buttons. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so they, do they display them? Do they just hoard them? Do they just... Button collectors actually do use them. They've got okay. competitions. They, they make <laughs> cards. I'm just learning this myself because I don't generally wow. market to the button collector world. Okay. Um, but yeah, they have competitions and cards and themes and, and stuff that they do. Um, so just like larger art pieces yeah. have, okay. And uh, they love sharing and displaying their collections. The reason why my initials were on the back of that okay. was because of the button collector world, because they were like, you know, you have to sign your, your work. Right. You have to, you know, the, the provenance and the, mm -hmm. okay. Yep, because they also, the button collector world, um, the National Button Society, they, they not only preserve buttons, but they preserve history and histories of textiles and why things were made and what they were made out of. And yeah, there is a whole, whole different world out there. <laughs> It's a very wide world. It is a very there. wide world. Okay, so now I know that our watchers are, there are a lot of artists in the crowd and also a lot of people who just um, enjoy art. So can I ask you some business questions? Sure. Okay, so tell me, um, because I, I primarily sell my artwork online. Mm -hmm. um, I do only one show a year and very few other venues. So. What, give us sort of a little feel for how much of your work do you sell in person? How much at shows? How much at festivals? Um, the, tell me a little bit about what that looks like for you. Um, for me, for the past several years, it's been a dance of studio to show. So okay. I've been pretty much, most of my work has been sold directly in person in directly person. to consumers okay um, i do sell online but because of the time it takes to make marini and the time it takes to upload things on the internet and stuff i've been really bad at that so for years i've been more on direct show contact okay. um, i'm starting to pull back now i feel like i've been building a name for myself and been building a base to where people want 
can't necessarily get to a show, but they want access to my work. Okay. So I've been pulling back lately and been getting more of my work online. Okay. So I wanted to just point out here. So this is, um, this is a marketing plan right where you travel in person and you build a base but at the same time you don't so at the same time you evaluate where are you, where are you and uh, is there a better way do I need to keep doing it this way and I went through the same evolution uh, I went a different direction than you did mm -hmm. um, but through the same process where it became not as critical for me to be there in person um, and and it also is, it's exhausting, honestly. It Shows is. are just exhausting, and you can burn yourself out. Yep. I think so we were both at farmers market. We for I was there for seven for, years. For seven years, for seven yeah. Years. And I was there for I think five. It was, so. and it, it's a great place to start. Yes, and wonderful I would place. highly recommend it. Um, but you hit the point where you've maxed out on shows, and in fact, right. maybe a little too maxed out on shows. Yes, and you, you need to pull back a little bit. Um, so tell us about online. Where can we see your work online? So online I sell pretty much through Etsy. Um, and what's your store called? Um, McDougal Studios. McDougal Studios. Studios. And how do you spell McDougal? It's with two L's, right? M-C-D-O-U-G-A-L-L. Okay. Yeah, somebody else already had Jody McDougal, so I had What? To, there's I know. two of you out there's, there? There's That's terrifying. <laughs> No, <laughs> I know, right? Uh, right, seriously, it'll never be the same. So, and you're also on Instagram. Um, I do Instagram, but I'm really not as good on my Instagram. Okay. And then Facebook. And Facebook. Um, and what do you find with internet, with online sales? What do you find with your marketing there? What what works, and what what kind of thing do you have to do regularly? Uh, I I have to post on Facebook regularly. Um, which is how, how regular, what's regularly? Regularly, I used to think that I had to do it every day. Okay. But I think people have been tired of my train wreck. <laughs> so, um, not true. Yeah, not true. it's crazy. <laughs> so I've, I've, I've kind of pulled back and now I'm doing every couple of days. Okay. And stuff. And do you post? Unless I'm being prolific. And then I'm like stuck in my studio working, working, working. And then I come up and I'm like, Ah! And then I go back and <laughs> do my work, and you know, so it really kind of depends on what's going on in my world. So Rick Mondragon says, "Love your work." Hey, Rick, how are you? <laughs> Isn't it? I, this is the part I love about this is uh, knowing that our friends are watching. It's just awesome. It's, it takes all of the like stress out of it and nervousness out of it. So um, what Jody's telling us here is that you do have to be. Um, Consistent to a certain extent, mm -hmm. but not always a hundred perfectly. Like, yeah, you don't have to post every day at eleven. Right, right. You can give yourself breathers, yes. and you can be a real human. And actually, I think <laughs> me being human sells my work better. I think so too. I I think it really, yeah, it does. Definitely and does. Do you post process photos or? Oh, well, yes. I know you sh you have because I've seen the eyeball. I do. And occasionally she will. Um, post something and, and have people guess what she's making next. And that's always yeah. uh, really fun. So has that ever changed the direction of what you're making? No. <laughs> it's never changed the direction of what I'm doing. Um, I like Facebook for the fact that um, I get to take everybody along with me, along the ride. You know, um, yeah, everybody gets to go for the ride of, Will it work? Will it not work? You know, what's going to explode? What's going to crack? What's going to, you know, what's going to happen? Because it's my world. And it's, yeah, I love that. Okay. So I so do that with Facebook. We have a request from Maria to see more. So why don't we, why don't you show us some hats? The hats. And particularly hats with glasswork on them. And then we can show some. I only have one hat buttons. with glasswork on it because this is my personal hat. Okay. So I started, I've always okay. loved hats. Where am I? Oh, I, I'm, I'm like trying to put the hat on the tray. <laughs> yeah, that's going to go over good. So um, here's okay, one of my felted hats. This us. is my personal one. Awesome. Um, I have always loved hats. And I, so Jody actually has shown up to my house several times wearing vintage hats. Uh, yes. One with feathers. Was it feathers yeah, all over the it? The one yes. with the feathers the all over it. Pheasant feathers even. Yeah. Yeah. 
Really yep. cool hats. They're amazing hats. Um, there's so tell me about this design of hat, this scrunchie. This design. It looks like a sorting hat a little bit. I get that a lot. I bet. People call them sorting hats a lot. Um, you know, I was, I looked at it, I played with a tutorial that I liked that had, this woman makes incredible wild <laughs> hats. And I, I was playing with that for a while and then I just kind of started doing a shorter version because mm -hmm. I wanted it to be practical and okay. I wanted people to be, feel like they could wear them. You so, know. You have this brim style, and mm -hmm. then, but you've also branched out a little bit into some other brim styles. Yeah. And so, so tell me about that. This is my hood hat, yeah, my hood. pixie hood hat. And this, awesome. yeah, I put this on yesterday, and I was like, oh my god, it's little red riding hood, <laughs> which I did do in glass, by the way. So yeah, this is just kind of more of a pixie cover your ears. Okay. You know, some people tie them, some people, I, you know, I just leave them going so yeah i just kind of wanted to play with that pixie elf and so how many hats do you make a year do you have any idea um, do you make them in batches or is it just sort of an ongoing thing or how does that work out they've been in batches lately so i would say maybe 15 to 20 hats although this year i think i did about 40. wow and uh yeah, there, it's, it was kind of my decompression time from the glass. Okay. So either spinning or hat making and right. stuff kind of. So do you take classes? Yes. And what do you take? And I know you've taken glass classes. I take glass classes. I continue to keep pushing myself with my glass classes and, okay. and that. Um, and, do you, and you teach glass classes as well. And I teach glass classes. Where's um, the next glass class you're teaching? I'm teaching at the ISGB, the International Society of Glass Bead Artists, their conference in Las Vegas. So I'll be teaching there in April. And it, it, does that coincide with the... Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Glass with the Craft Expo. Uh huh. They okay, have so kind of merged. So they're they're two different events, right. but Glass Craft and the ISGB conference, but they're going on at the same at time. At the same time. Yeah. Okay. So if you're in Las Vegas, you may get a rare Jody sighting in between shows, and and are you selling your work there too? No. Just teaching. So and everybody's going to get mad at me right now. I'm not going <laughs> to be there for the whole conference. <laughs> I have a show with the Colorado Button Collector Society oh, okay. that same weekend, so I'm going to go teach and hang out and say hi to the glass world and then run, run away. over to Colorado because okay. that's my life. And she's rarely at home a week straight. But I'm working on it. I know. I hear, I hear that there might be an addition a to your... Puppy. A new puppy. I'm so excited. He is cute. <laughs> okay, okay, so did we get some close-ups of the buttons? Okay, good. There's um, Foxy. So we are just about out of time. Um, and I would like you, if you have anything to say to aspiring mm. glass and fiber artists, or mm. really anybody who makes art and, and is wondering what to do next, what would you suggest? Oh, you know, make what you love and don't be afraid to just go down that rabbit hole. You know, um, that's what I call this life of mine. You know, don't be afraid to explore and take new classes and try a new show and, and really think about what your voice is with your, your product. You know, um, once I found buttons, I really the world kind of opened up for me. Okay. And, uh, so yeah. th that is a very interesting statement where when you find the thing you love, the world opens up for you. Um, and I've heard that from other artists in other mediums because mm -hmm. you, I call it the squirrel because the squirrel gets on the wheel and it, it spins, right? And that, if I have an idea that makes the squirrel spin, I know that it's something I should probably yeah. pay attention it's something to. something you should explore. If your brain right. will not and if let your it brain go, goes do right it. down that rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. That. So it doesn't really matter what you think you ought to be doing. Think about what what do you keep coming back to? Yeah, what keeps what do, talking what, to yes, you? Yes, what is like yeah. not leaving the back edge of your, your mind? Yeah. And uh, so we have kind of a running joke at our house because I am obsessed with bricks. For whatever reason, bricks. Bricks. It's bricks. You know, we're watching Glass movies. No, we're watching bricks. movies. I'm seeing the architectural bricks in the backdrop. We're driving in a new yeah. city. I'm seeing the bricks on the sidewalk. Um, 
and I have not quite figured out where that's going yet, but mm. bricks, but, so, but I'm paying attention. I'm See? letting the squirrel, letting the squirrel do it. Uh, so find what you love, pay attention to what you love, find your voice, um, think about where you want to put yourself in the marketplace if you are looking, um, it, like, where do you want to go? Is it making lots of things that makes you happy, or is it spending two and a half months making one thing that makes you happy? Um, yeah. I, I, yeah, that pretty much covers that. Okay. You sum up pretty good. <laughs> and if it explodes? <laughs> and if it explodes, it get over it and just... <laughs> Just go on. Over it. <laughs> well, and don't call her for sympathy because don't, don't, don't be calling my butt because I've had so many close calls that yeah, you have to just keep going forward. So and is keep there a point where you let a design go? No. Okay. See, it, for me, if I give it three tries and then I give it a space, I take a step back and let it sit for a minute. Okay, so we do have, I'm sorry, we could talk for hours here. <laughs> I told you we never get the chance to do this. So you can check out more of Jody McDougall's work online at mcdougallstudios.com. Yep. Um, if you enjoyed oh, this. Oh, that's the Etsy. Oh, I, the website is jodymcdougallstudios.com. But if you just type in Jody McDougall, I come up. And so, if you, yeah. you get more than one, put glass with it. Put and, glass with it, right. yeah. So jodymcdougallstudios.com. I'm reading it straight off the tag here. Oh, look at that. Look, information. Information. Um, <laughs> and if you enjoyed this, look at that. There we go. If you enjoyed this interview, we would love for you to share it with your artistic friends and even your family. Um, and join us next time for the Creativity in Focus podcast. We hope you enjoy this. I Thank I, you for having me. Were you me. nervous? This was awesome. Um, At the beginning a little? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yes and no. Yes and no. <laughs> Once you start talking about glass, it's all good. Yeah, then it's okay. easy. Right? Okay. Yeah. Thank you for being with us. Thank Share. you. Share. Thanks for listening. So we can bring more of this content to you. Uh, thank you to Curious Mondo for having us here. And we'll see you next time.